Hello, all you hustling boss babes. You're listening to mini episode 8.1, Networking to Find Your Dream Job. Welcome to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. No capes, no superpowers, just hustle. Not Wonder Woman removes the myth of the ladies who quote, have it all and gives practical insight to help you, the working woman, conquer the world like the boss babes we know you are. Shortest horror story ever. Networking event. They can just be the worst. It's me, Mel, and last week we talked about networking events, even for those who hate networking. We were so excited to bring you that episode. We wanted to expound upon that and tell you a little bit more about our tips and tricks for networking, how to make it easier, how to keep the conversation going, and so much more. It's important to reiterate the why. I think when you know the why, it's always better to go out there and network because you've thought about the way that it may impact your future. No one gets to the top on their own. You have to be engaged to hear about the job openings, the deals on the horizons, and the right places you may fit in. If you are not out there networking, you're going to miss these opportunities. So now that we know the why, what about the what? I mean, what do we do when we get to a networking event? Last week, we said it's awkward for everybody. I think that's a great reminder to know that nobody really enjoys walking into a room full of strangers, but you can get better at it. We're going to tell you how you can know what to do at a networking event if you don't know anybody who you should talk to, and how to read the room effectively in this first segment. Reading the room is key to going to an effective networking event. You don't want to just go and talk to nobody, but how do you know how to read the room and know the right people to talk to? Checking out body language is key to reading the room. Is a person facing outward? Are they open to the action? Are they smiling? That's a person who's giving you an invitation to talk. Go network. They're going to be fun. You can start with small questions. I call them my how, who, what, where questions. Like, how do you know the host? How are you involved in this organization? Things like that. They're great probing questions to get the party started. Plus, they give you a lot more information than how is the weather, and you really get to know that person with these types of questions. The second group I like to look for is they're a bored looking group, talking sporadically, maybe looking at their phone. If you think you can liven up the party with them, you would be a welcome hero in that group. You may consider walking in. If you're not up for that, this group will be hard to break into and likely is full of others who are also not terribly interested in networking. You can see how body language really shows who wants to be at the event. But be careful about everyone who looks like they really want to be at a networking event. You see somebody with a big smile, aggressive handshake, and their business cards in their hand. He is selling you something, and that is somebody I would recommend you run away from. We talked a little bit more about that last week, but those folks rarely want to help other people. They're there to collect cards, and you need to remember the important point is to cultivate relationships at a networking event not collect cards. Another thought is if you don't like the group that looks bored, how about looking for the group that's having a good time? You can break into that group saying something like, hey guys, my name's Mel. I see you guys are having such a good time. I'd love to hear more. 
Something like that is an easy way just to break into the conversation because we know it's hard to break into a big group, but it can make your networking experience so much more effective if you do join that group. You'll get to know a lot of people in one time. So body language is really the way that we read the room. It's how we decide who we're going to go talk to at a networking event to make it effective. But we need to make sure and be reflective about how we may be being perceived by other people at the networking event. Do we have a frown on our face? Are our arms crossed over our chest? Are we sitting in a corner, flicking your foot, reading your phone, not paying attention to the event? All of those signs mean nobody is going to want to talk to you. And of course, that is the object of the networking event is that you meet people. So make sure your own body language does not hinder your effectiveness at your next networking event. Once you get in a group though, what do you do? How do you keep the conversation going? This will be the second topic we wanted to cover because we really wanted to give you some specifics so that you can put these into practice yourself at your next network. Planning your opening lines can really be a way to ease your stress about breaking in to a group conversation or just going to talk to somebody by themselves. Silence can sometimes be golden, but not always at a party. One of my favorite icebreakers is to ask how you know the host. That's an easy way to get to know the other person and why they're involved with the organization. Other great openers are things that are maybe more localized to your local sports team or the weather. But as I mentioned, those kinds of questions really don't glean any information about the other person. Maybe you do get to learn where they're from or things like that, and then you can talk about those issues. But I think initially you really want to start with a question that will give you information about that person, like where do they work? How do they know this host? Where are they from? Why did they come to this event? Those are all questions that won't just give you yes or no answers typically. They will give you something of substance. Opening lines can be hard, but as I mentioned before, practice does make perfect. So just start talking to people you meet. Maybe those in the grocery store, your Uber drivers, whoever it is, anytime that you get a chance to ask these kinds of questions, it can really help make asking them at a networking event go much easier. The other important thing to remember is to be comfortable with silence. And I think my husband would laugh if I was actually the person that said that because I really can talk to a brick wall and I do have a tendency to just talk too much. So this is really advice for myself, but being comfortable with silence is an art form. Some people just talk not to hear silence. That is definitely me. But pausing before speaking lets you listen and then respond This type of behavior actually makes you somebody that people want to talk to because it makes them feel important by listening attentively to what they have to say. So say you've been in the conversation for a while, you've gotten it going, and it hasn't been a lull, but you get to that awkward end point, the point where you say, how do I break away from here because I need to go meet with other people or go to the bathroom or whatever it is. I like to be honest in those situations. You are both there to network, so you have to be able to break free of a conversation so you can really get to know other people. Here's a few of my tried and true uh, get out of the conversation lines. Plan these just like you plan your opening lines. Boy, do I need to refill? That's a tried and true way to break away. But be ready. They could follow you to the bar, and the point is to meet other people, so you don't want them to do that. 
Maybe you want to say that you have to make a phone call. It's a better way to excuse yourself and you would avoid any followers. A final question that I use to break out of a conversation is that I need to make sure before I leave that I see the host. So if I see the host, or even if I don't see them, but I really need to get out of a conversation, that's one of the ways I used to exit. Something like, it was really fun talking with you. I hope you have a great evening. I see the host over there and I really must say hello. That's another great way just to move out of a conversation. But what happens when a topic is just awkward or you feel like it's inappropriate or you don't know anything about it? What do you do then? I like to try to steer the conversation in a direction that I'm comfortable with. I think people always like to talk about themselves. So if it's a weird, awkward conversation, just getting people back to talking about themselves can be an easy way to help turn a conversation around. Think again of those where, what, when, why questions that we talked about before, like where were you born and raised? Where did you go to school? What company did you work for? Those kind of questions will lighten the air if it's an awkward conversation, but they will also, again, help you find some common ground with folks and keep the conversation flowing. The last topic we wanted to bring up was where does networking happen? We talked a little bit about this in last week's episode, but where is there? Everyone says you should be networking, but there is hard times when you try to think about where that should be occurring in your daily life. People tend to fall into a trap of thinking that networking happens only when they go to a cocktail hour with other lawyers, the petroleum engineers, or the Association of CPAs. But networking happens all the time. You heard Kieran talk about this last week, that she networks with the other moms in the school where her daughter goes. And I think that's such great advice. Networking happens anywhere that you want to be. Think about maybe your charitable activities. If you're involved with a charity, they're a great place to network. I think they're a good place because, first of all, the hurdle of do you have anything in common with this person is overcome. You're both at a charity together and you have a common purpose. So that immediately gives you a trust and a bond that you wouldn't have at another networking event with just other lawyers or other CPAs, things like that. Charities are also a great place to show off your skills to a diverse group of people and maybe even potential employers. So when I've gotten involved in charities, I've recommended, and I've done it, and it really has benefited me, that you get involved with the charity, volunteer with them, be on the board with them. Inevitably, it's been an opportunity for me to show my skills, whether that's a legal skill or an organizational skill. And I've really gotten to know the other people that I've served on those boards with or in the volunteer organizations together. Importantly, some of those people are still my best friends almost 20 years later. They're people that I have hired over the years as a lawyer and used other counsel or other experts, things like that. So the relationships that you form whenever you're doing something that you both are a part of, like a church or a charity, those really can go a long way to forming a bond that makes you the person that somebody thinks about when they need something that is specific to your skill set. Other places you could think about besides charities or churches or even things like your soccer mom group, or what about your neighborhood or civic involvement in your neighborhood association? That would give you a great reason to go knock on people's doors and get to know them better. 
I think the task of networking can still be daunting, but if you're doing it in a place that you have familiarity and that you really care about, it will show and it will make networking so much easier. We hope you like these tips and please don't forget to send us your questions or comments. We are here for you. This episode is generously sponsored by Blonde Biscotti Coffee and Biscotti Bar in the heart of Houston, Texas. They are proud to serve third wave coffee and soft baked biscotti, blondebiscotti.com. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to click the subscribe button on iTunes so you never miss a show. And we want to hear from you, so please feel free to send us your questions and comments to notwonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us at our website, notwonderwoman.com. <laughs>